Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my discussion about Luke Smith's message in the TWAB, the weekly update from Bungie. He spoke directly to the community and we talked about it. And now we're going to do Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or if you're watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. I have these scheduled to hit the feeds when I'm live. So come on in and hang out with us and submit your own questions. Just look up say no to rage or twitch.tv slash say no to rage. You can also follow me on Twitter at the same thing. Just say no to rage. Now, I think this was a good message from from Luke Smith. I summarize it by saying there is a clear commitment from Bungie to the here and now, as well as to the future of the franchise and other things coming out. So both the annual pass as well as potential sequels or expansions should be well in hand. Now the timing obviously may be a little bit slower but he did indicate the vast majority of Bungie is focused on this. They haven't pivoted away from Bungie. Saying vast majority does indicate there could be some folks already kind of moving toward working on the game that the NetEase money came from. But overall, was very, very happy uh, to see him address the community so directly and so frankly about where things are going. He even sort of drew our attention backwards and talked about memorable roots and not all things being lost to the corners of time. A clear reference to Vogue. He could have just been poetic because he was a part of the Vogue design team, but he could also be indicating there are things from Destiny 1 that have yet to be brought back, because I've actually thought they were going to do that even before now, uh, so we could see that happen. So, let's jump right in uh, to the questions. Let me pull the first question and then switch this here. First question is from Siju, says, what are your thoughts on Destiny 2 following the fact uh, that Anthem and Division 2 are being released soon after one another. Uh, th- this is a question that is probably full of a li- you know some assumptions just about like what's going to happen to Destiny because these other games are coming out. In general, there are community shifts and standards that happen when you know, your daily engaged player base is going to rise and fall in relation to other similar games coming out. What this doesn't mean is that Destiny's in sort of any danger. More than likely, if we open up the player tracking sites and APIs during the week of Anthem's launch, we will see a dip, understandably. I don't think that's any cause for alarm. That's what happens. People are gamers. People see a new game. It's also a sci-fi shooter so it makes sense for them to play I don't anticipate the Division 2 or Anthem hurting Destiny in any significant way. Momentary shifts in community allegiance is nothing new, and this happened with Division 1 and other games that were similar to Destiny. Now, this also happens with games that have nothing to do with Destiny. There were games around the holidays that came out that I saw affecting player numbers. Uh, Red Dead Redemption affected player numbers. Honestly, it did. The, the week that that game came out, I saw uh, the numbers in Destiny's daily engagement go down. And that's just because there are thousands upon thousands of players that log in every day that are going to struggle to log in if they're playing something else. you got to think about the number of players that boot up and play for just a couple of hours. If that's their play session for the night and they play Red Dead instead, it's going to eat up their time. So... I don't think there's any cause for concern. Again, Luke Smith and Bungie are giving us assurances that they will be honoring the annual pass, delivering the content, and 
as far as players decisions to play something else for a time that's normal and to a certain extent if you're listening to this and you're getting burned out on destiny that's healthy it's better for you don't just sit here and grind for an eternity and get really frustrated and and then end up hating the game that you once loved so i'm fine with the launch of these titles i don't think is is going to pose any problem they might have a problem with each other since they're kind of one's a new IP and one's a sequel, but Distracted Nerd. Lono, what do you think about a possible new Destiny game based on gameplay like World of Warcraft? Uh, open world PvP, dungeons, more six-player activities, 20-man raids, more or like 20-man raids, more discernible roles in raids, strikes, and dungeons. Here's the thing you have to remember about sequels and franchises. Their identities have to be maintained. If you depart too much from your identity, people end up hating your game. Now, some of this comes from the perfect storm of franchise fatigue and trying to completely change everything, and I think that happened with Call of Duty. I think they were so focused on getting new players and reinventing the wheel they lost their way they lost their soul a lot of the call of duties that came out some of the most common criticisms were this isn't call of duty this isn't the game that i've you know that i loved it's so different and some of that just came from you know the folks behind the development of call of duty trying to do that trying to reinvent the wheel trying to do things they had never done before and when a game loses its soul and loses its identity it loses a lot of players it loses a lot of i mean the pr of a game helps its reception right so when veterans and people writing blogs and people making review videos are all saying this game sucks it doesn't feel like quote unquote destiny or it doesn't feel like quote unquote call of duty that helps that that hurts everything right that hurts reception that hurts sales that hurts future dlc attach rates because people are like well such and such streamer or youtuber said something negative about it so now i like it less when maybe they liked it to begin with so what you're suggesting is what I would call too sharp of a pivot. I think they can add things like that, but they can't supplant the entire soul of Destiny with an MMORPG like WoW, because what would end up happening is a huge percentage of their community would open up the game and basically say, what game is this? Right? Whose house is this? Where am I? I I don't understand, you know, why the game has changed so uh, in such a dramatic way. I think there can be improvements. I think they can obviously borrow inspiration and do things that, you know, that other games do, but you just have to be very, very careful. This is why I've always talked about the spectrum of player and the spectrum of content. If I can do something that's considered quote unquote end game or challenging or grindy or slow, and I'm satisfied in that content loop, and you can do things that are considered maybe easy, maybe low floor of entry, maybe it's just more quote unquote casual. If we can both do that and enjoy ourselves, then they win. They win the video game lottery. And I think that's something that Destiny has done well up to this point is obviously D2's launch wasn't like this but the end of D1 and where D1 and where D2 sits now they and as far as i can see they very much have appealed to both sides of the spectrum there are people that can grind day in day out for what they consider to be the perfect role and then there are people that can boot up and just do things that are fun 
and casual. This is why you had such a sharp divide in the community with Niobe Labs. You had people that were like, this is amazing, this puzzle's cool, there's folks on Reddit, there's folks on Twitter, there's streamers, there's YouTubers, it's this big collaborative effort, oh my gosh, it's so confusing, it's so crazy, and then you had people that were like, this is stupid, I just want to play the Forge, right? You had people on both ends of the spectrum expressing what they want or like in Destiny, and when when you have that, I think as long as Bungie can keep both ears open you've got to listen to both sides of the community right d2 was too focused on one side it was focused on the casuals d d1 in its first inception was too focused on the hardcores right both games on their initial launch were a little too sharply pivoted towards one side and they had to kind of stabilize right d1 they made certain things a little bit easier with time they made things a little bit more accessible and that was where Taken King and the April update and Rise of Iron came into play. It was it was satisfying for everybody. And Destiny 2 lands is way too casual. And well, in Walks Forsaken, strutting its stuff, it kind of answers that missing missing piece of the game and those vacancies for the more hardcore players. So when you're asking this question, this this right here would be another, I think, overreaction, over pivot to make the new game so heavily in that vein. They can start to add these things, right? but not at the loss of what makes the game so accessible and fun to Johnny Q public. That is what that is one of Destiny's strengths is that they can appeal to players that are polar opposites. So many games cannot do that. WoW does not appeal to a casual. It just simply does not. That's okay. They have their audience, they have their identity. I think Bungie can continue to capitalize on a spectrum of player as long as they deliver a spectrum of content uh tectonic ammo how do you think the last word is going to stand up to the lunas and the not forgotten i feel as if the last word wasn't as fast fire rate and it was more of a heavy hitter than in use what do you think it, the implement will be able to stand up to those it I, I have no idea i there's no way to really speculate here in my in my experience in watching people use the last word um it was actually really really fast um World of Warcraft totally appeals to casuals. The story, WoW hasn't been hardcore for years. I mean, I might be inaccurately summarizing World of Warcraft as it stands right now. Like, fans of the franchise may be groaning when I say it doesn't really appeal to casuals. When you start talking about the raids and the things that he was talking about, those are things that he's pulling from WoW that does not sound like like, like casual gaming to me. Now, he may be pulling out things that are traditionally... Uh, sort of synonymous with World of Warcraft and those things have since maybe fallen away I'm not in there so I don't I don't actually know so commentating on what I think the last word is going to do in the current meta I don't know we'll have to wait and see if it co- you know when it comes out I remember it being a very fast fire rate very quick time to kill weapon Alpha Divine what do you feel about the future health of Destiny do you think the split with Activision is a guarantee for success no nothing is a guarantee for success I mean I feel like I gave my opinion on this both yesterday and today fairly frequently by saying I'm hopeful but I have those apprehensions and those concerns where's the money going to come from are you going to be able to deliver 
enough content fast enough to keep people satiated? Are you going to be able to take enough time so that when you finally deliver what is considered the sequel or the next quote unquote, the next game, will it be substantive enough? I do think that the split, however, is allowing them to do things their way. And if that doesn't work, then that doesn't work. But I think one of the main causes for pain was they could never stop, reassess and build the game in the right way because of deadlines now they don't have those deadlines the question is will the community wait Uh, if you're parting with Activision and there's no more deadlines the question is not as much where will the money come from but will the community wait will they be patient enough when they finally deliver whatever they deliver will it be good enough will it be timely enough you know there's a lot that goes into the launch of games and timing and, and people still caring and there being hype and you know, you might lose them to other games as service. You know, who knows how long and and popular Anthem will be, right? Sulfur. When reading the TWAB, they mentioned balancing in just PvP. Did I read that wrong, or have or they, uh, have they always been able to do that? They have always been able to do this, but they typically don't. They, it's not something that's a very common reaction, and I think it's just because maybe it's difficult, maybe it's hard. They don't want the game to feel like it's split down the middle, even though I think that would be better for the game. But yes, you did read that right, and they have done this before. They did this in D1 when they made shotguns suddenly stronger in PvE because they had previously done a global nerf, and then they made them strong again in PvE. I remember using my sword breaker in prison of elders because the the minotaurs had void and if it was void burn it was like a really strong shotgun i remember it being ridiculously stronger after they did that they can do this they just don't do it that often uh dr zero i remember you speculating about how guardians will get reset in destiny 3 using some sort of time travel do you think that would be a perfect opportunity to reboot the destiny franchise in d3 to where we revisit older locations slash raids that are re-envisioned in a way to the time travel reset I never even considered this being sort of the method of not just reset, but the method of repurposing content they haven't felt like got a fair shake. Like, if they really want Vogue, if they really want the Cosmodrome, if they really want Crota's End and Kingsfall to feel epic and big and, and, and delivered in a way that is that is considered excellent. I think they delivered excellence in those, in those, fran- in those deliverables and in those DLCs, but making them a little bit bigger. I, I could definitely see them saying we're going to go back and literally you're going to kind of replay destiny but it's going to be under the guise of like a time traveling situation so everything's somewhat reimagined and then that enables them to get a lot of capital out of that content as well as us to enjoy nostalgia and the people that just always thought man I really wish we could have done Vogue this way I really wish we could have done that DLC and that story or the, the that public space larger or, or, or you know whatever I think that could be a possibility. I never even thought about this. I never honestly thought about this about if they're going to pull, whoops, if they're going to pull those old pieces of content forward, this that that'd be a really really easy way to do it and do it in a way where it'd be different enough but nostalgic enough to have a whole lot of potency and power. Uh, Amish Milkman, with Luke Smith's message, it seems like the company as a whole is breathing easier uh, as their hopes are aiming high. If you were in their shoes, is this the route you would see as the best fit? I always said that the best route was to stop and, and rebuild. 
even though it would be really painful. I know that you have to maintain a player base and intrigue and interest, but for a long time, I thought that a rebuild was necessary in another engine to truly give the game, you know, the right feel. Um, and so th- I would feel thrilled if that's on the docket. If what's on the docket is same engine, same, de- you know, same delivery size, all that sort of stays the same then I would be a little bit more like, okay, this is great, but is it really going to matter? The fact that they're excited has me excited because they're probably feeling like, and again, it's not like the shackles are coming off. Like they were, they were enslaved to Activision or some, you know, some gross picture we could, we could come up with. People get so hyperbolic about this stuff. I think that it's more about we can as you said breathe a little easier right it's not about deadlines anymore it's not about you've got to hit these you got to hit these revenue thresholds like that shareholders call really and very clearly rubbed Bungie and Bungie employees the wrong way it's like dude we're trying to rebuild this game here we're trying to make the game that we think people want to play and you're sitting here whining about profit margins like that's not what they said but like the general tone there was like man come on we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to deliver excellent here and you're mad that revenue wasn't that strong you know and to their credit both parties in that exchange are doing what they should do Bungie's defending their product and 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 capturing that vision for the community like we're trying to improve the game but Activision's also doing their job they have a responsibility to their shareholders to maintain margins to maintain profit and that's why I think the relationship needed to end it wasn't a healthy one it wasn't a beneficial one uh Kills for respect. What do you feel needs to happen after the annual pass to keep remaining players happy in playing? Okay, so if the annual pass comes to a close in the summer and Bungie's transparent about, like, there's going to be a bit of a drought, you know, coming, coming up. If they're transparent about that, people won't be happy about it, but I do think the tone could be very different because the tone could be sort of married to... We're no longer with Activision. This is something that, you know, we've wanted to do for a long time. We've wanted to kind of slow things down, reassess, rebuild, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Well, if that's the case, then I think you're still going to have the whiners. You're always going to have the whiners. You're going to have the people that do death threats because No Man's Sky got delayed. Like, you're going to have these immature idiots that hijack dialogue and just say things for a reaction. But I think the community at large, as long as the information is delivered and is clear and it's like, okay, the vision is that this isn't going away. You guys aren't ceasing production. You guys aren't ending the game. The game's not dead. The game's not over. It is that you're 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 kind of rebuilding you're you're wanting to deliver quality i think most people will be like okay well it better be good justifiably like if you're going to just stop if you're going to stop delivering content at the cadence that we were we've we've grown accustomed to then you better make it good the biggest danger here is they've set the expectation and said we don't want content droughts right they sit in a vid doc and they're like we don't want content droughts we want things to improve for the better long term blah 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 and then after only one year they're going to come back and say yeah that thing about no content droughts you're about to go through the freaking Sahara Desert because we want to rebuild the game in a different engine like that would be a, I think that would be a hard sell to the community so there's two sides of 
of it, right? There's a side of like, we could really, really build the game that we want to build. We could really make things excellent. But then you also have the other side with like, yo, just 12 months ago, you told us you were working towards no content drought. You told us you were working to make sure that we always had something new to do and something new to play. And that might be a, a hard, a hard pill for the community to swallow to say, we're going to have to wait. Like they're, they're going to, there's going to be a bit of a drought here. Uh, I think that'd be tough. That'd be tough. And I don't think that means they don't do it. Hard things are usually hard because they're, they're excellent. It was, uh, I believe it was Christopher Hitchens brother who quoted, um, who quoted an author, a famous author for saying, why is your writing so excellent? Why is your writing so good? And he said, because it was incredibly hard to write, right? It was incredibly hard to write. Well, I mean, that <laughs> that's the truth, you know? If it's going it, to... The hard things, you know, to quote Jimmy Eat World, you know, what comes easy never lasts. So if it's painful and it's the longer road, it's the longer path, people might have to take a different, a different philosophy and idea about how soon game content could come out, you know? If Bungie can basically make good on the promise of hey, we're going to have to take a break here, but the game will be larger, better, and then we can get right back to that cadence that we promised you. But those those deliveries, those those annual passes will be more substantive, will be larger, will be better. You know, that I think that could that could work. But again, I don't know. We're we're all we're all speculating at this point on how they're going to do it. There's definitely two forces at play though. There's definitely the force of like deliver on what you promised on no con- on no content drought, but then there's the other side of if you're going to break from Activision, you better deliver excellence. You better deliver a better game than you ever have because it's been assumed all this time that the game has been somewhat hamstrung and shackled to, you know, contracts and delivery cycles that were unhealthy. Uh Mirden Mirden OW. I feel like exotic weapons should all be gotten via quests rather than RNG thoughts. I don't agree with this. I think they have their place and I'll tell you why. When when you're playing a game like this, I think drops and the excitement of the drop is a part of the enjoyment and to rip that out and say, "Nope. Exotics are never are never acquired through random drop." I think is a mistake. You're, I think you're neutering the loot pursuit too much, right? I think there's a better way to maybe do the RNG so that you feel like you're pursuing an exotic so that when it drops, you can throw your hat in the air and get really excited. I do agree right now, maybe it's a little too random, right? It's a little too random. And in, re- in regards to that, what we've talked about before is maybe you just have a chance at exotics and that chance goes up the longer you go without an exotic kind of like the nightfall I also think something Bungie could consider doing is having places where we know exotics have a chance to drop right exotics have a chance to drop from this boss or this strike or this planet or whatever I, I think there is something that needs to come to the RNG of exotics but we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, I think there's a, there is a quality point and a value into being like, oh my gosh, I got an exotic. That's so exciting. Instead of a transaction of time, right? Oh, I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this. Right now. It's like, I was playing the forge the other day. I was like, oh, I got the Darcy. 
I, I don't know. I think there's room for both, and I also think there's room for, I know where the exotic comes from, and I'm going to go after it. I, th- that's really absent from the game, aside from going for, like, the, the Monarch and the Jotun, the Anarchy, and the 1,000 Voices. Those are exotics where you know they drop, but the problem with those is that you only have so many chances in a given week, so after those chances, the pursuit kind of dies. That doesn't feel like a pursuit as much as a a rolling of that that's the most clearest rolling of the dice, right? All right, roll it, roll it. You need a 7, you need a 7, didn't get a 7. Try again next week. We have to take the dice back from you here. Give that back to us. No, no, no more playing for you. You're all done. You are all done this week with raids. Thank you. Please give the controller back to Mommy now. Like I don't like that. I I think with RNG on rolls and RNG on the drops, I think those layers are strong enough to justify not saying, nope, no more chances this week. I should be able to farm for the Jotun right now. Now, if you want to have the drop rate higher on your first three or something, right, then then I, then I think that that's fine, but then after that, I could still have a lower drop rate. You don't just need a 7, you need a 7 out of 1 in 50, uh, 1 through 50 chance. Right, like you're rolling, let's say you're rolling 2 dice and you need a 7. What's the, what's the amount of combinations you can get on a dice roll with 2 dice, right? I see what you're saying, right? It's, yeah, it's, it is, there's so many other things that can drop. It's like, you need a 7, but there's a, there's, there's like 15 other pop, you know, or 50 other potential drops. And if those drop, then that's it, that you don't get anything for that week, so... I think they're learning and we need to keep providing feedback. If people are like, okay, don't put RNG in an exotic quest like they did for the Izanagi's Burden, or if you're going to put RNG in it, put it on the back end so it doesn't stand in the way of a time-gated activity like Shattered Throne, right? So people that didn't get that that rare bounty, right, they don't even have a chance to do the Shattered Throne part of the quest because that was behind it. Like, we're going to have to just keep providing that feedback because honestly they're 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 just making content at this point and throwing us at throwing it at us. I mean that's essentially what a lot of this is. They're just really just they're making content and throwing it at us. So we just need to keep making our feedback heard and known. Ghastly villain uh, why has it taken Lucy Smith so long to address the Destiny community? I understand the significance of Activision and Bungie split. Will we hear more from him about a Bungie and the helm now that Bungie's at the helm solo uh, over small related uh, Destiny news? I mean, here's something you need to understand. Luke Smith's not a community manager, okay? It's not his job to keep coming out to some some metaphorical podium each week and be like, how y'all doing? Great, good to see you. Okay, yeah, yeah, Johnny. Okay, cool. Yeah, hi, how are you, Martha? Great, all right. Who's got a question? Okay, yeah. Um, no, we're not going to nerf one-eyed mask anytime soon. Like, that's not his job, right? We have community managers. We have a weekly blog. We have a means by which Bungie can consistently uh, communicate with us, and they do. Uh, and then we wait for another update, and then we wait for you know an update on the the, the nerfs and the patches and the bugs and 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 the updates and 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 all of that, right? So. Him and Noseworthy after release, it was noticeable. I don't understand, though. Like, I never really felt like they were that vocal about the game before. Like, maybe I didn't pay enough attention on Twitter, but I don't feel like Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy were like, hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? I'm making a sandwich. I'm going to go run some strikes. What do you guys think of strikes right now? Like, I just don't feel like... 
they they had this this super pronounced presence that was suddenly gone it was they did their job and now it's time to be quiet and just collect information and they have channels for that they have the forums reddit they have community managers that check those outlets and make sure that they're capturing the community's feeling on things cosmo was taking things and okay this is your thoughts on enhancement cores i'm going to pass that on to the design team you know those are those things are happening right those things are happening i don't think there's this need to say you know we we better hear from from noseworthy and luke smith on a regular basis like i just don't think that's like a a huge thing that was happening and isn't isn't happening now i don't know and again i could be misremembering i just don't think that was ever like a super prominent uh presence that they had and so you know I think him addressing the community infrequently makes more makes it more powerful anyway when he does it. Bilbo Swaggins, do you think they will ever bring D1 to PC and if they would would you play it? I mean, that's seems like an obvious question. I would. I would play it. Uh definitely. Uh they bringing it to PC is certainly a possibility. They have a lot of content that could be repurposed uh for PC. Um they also I think have a lot of new content that probably needs to be built as well and so it's it's probably not as simple as just being like well we better we better uh we better bring back d1 and then oh well what about this what about that you know what about the new content what about the annual pass like they've got a lot of plates they're trying to spin so i don't i'm sure that bringing destiny 1 to destiny 2 is being discussed and is going to happen to some degree the entire game i don't know i would say unlikely significant portions of the game and our most memorable portions of the game yeah probably at some point maybe in the next title uh or maybe that'll be our annual pass because it'll be more substantive but it'll be a little easier to bring everything over but we've been told that it's actually really hard for them to bring uh everything over so i i don't i don't know i I'll be happy if any D1 comes over, especially if it's the raids. I would love to play Wrath of the Machine or Vog on the increased frame rate, uh, and the uh, I would love to play any of that on the higher frame rate and the higher FOV. It'd be awesome. I think that would be a huge win. Now, people might be like, "Oh, that's a huge win for the hardcore players," but you got to remember that's that's the pivot. Like they've they've shifted their focus away from making everything super casual. So. Um, that that makes things like that more more conceivable like we can imagine that happening and then you know it probably also just being something that becomes a plausible reality uh with respect to hey we've got all this content just sitting here you know why not bring it forward we did it with age of triumph and it worked um the speed with which they could do it it would be the biggest question though how fast can they give it and bring it is it would it even be worth it then because that could take away from a lot of other projects and things that they could be working on smith was very front-facing before the whole money at the screen debacle they used him for uh marketing and interviews because he had old contacts in the big gaming websites after that he stopped doing marketing and pr uh because it was less valuable right and i think that's understandable i mean uh, you know he 
he he had a little a little slip and a little faux pas that again I don't really fault him for saying the money at the screen line but it just got really misinterpreted Gandalf 77 what seems to be glossed over in all of this but likely the most important information given was that Luke Smith is franchise director it's the first acknowledgement of this new role if Luke is guiding the overall franchise versus game director I think it's significant given his MMO ties and passion it feels like we know the direction the game will take given who's in charge the overall franchise direction thoughts I didn't realize that they called him that in the uh, in the update um, I I'm actually interested is that in the blog post and I just did I, I I may have glossed over it I may have I may have you know I'm, I'm speed reading it right I'm like oh my gosh what's he saying what's Luke have to say to us um, let me let me pull it up now yeah destiny franchise director Luke Smith um, and that's after them saying we'd like to shed some more light on the future of the franchise. Yeah, that's a uh, that's significant. I you know that's a big that's a big deal. I, the so his history with MMOs and RPGs, um, is is something that is a part of the of the thread of the discussion. And there's also been leaks from Anon the Nine. I think it was from Anon the Nine. We haven't had a whole lot from him lately. But there were there have been leaks that said you know the game is going towards a more RPG, a more MMO feel, a more a more traditional like long grind feel. Uh, if Luke Smith is driving the ship, that's what I would expect. I would expect him to say a couple of things. Okay, I'm not going to speak for him, but let's just imagine this for a second, right? I can imagine him saying, we tried it your way, right? You guys saw what happened with Taken King, and then you put me in charge of the game, and we tried to rebuild this thing. We tried to piece this Humpty Dumpty back together again with double primary and static roles and and casualification and quantity over depth, right? Oh, there's so many things to do, but who gives a frick? Like, there's no reason to go do them. I could see him saying, we tried it your way, and look at the response to Forsaken, right? Look at the response in the gaming world of Forsaken. Look at the response in the community forsaken we need to go down this path this is a better path right i could see him taking that line of that line of reasoning with 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 the company and with the people in charge that like and if we're going to do this we've got to part ways with activision we can't hit these deadlines we can't rebuild the game we can't do content ads in this engine we can't do this in the version of the game we have now so I mean, we got to remember, Luke Smith was a World of Warcraft scarab lord. That is a, there's not a lot of people in the world that can claim that. There's not a lot of people in the world that even came close to achieving that. That is a, that is a tall order uh, in that game. And that's a testimony to the fact that he both understands, plays, and likes, you know, grindy RPGs. So the game could be in, in, in much better hands. And I think that'll be the grand irony for a lot of people who blamed destiny two on Luke Smith. Cause they just didn't know the history that like he got put in charge after the success of the taken King, the following year, he gets put in charge as game director and they basically reset destiny Two. um, you know, that's part of the reason with the game we got, you know, Destiny 2 Vanilla. Bull on a bike. Does the latest swab have subtle hints that there won't be a Destiny 3, but instead a steady content drip coming forward and not sequential titles? Yeah, I hinted at that since he was very, he seemed very intentional to say just Destiny 
numerous times. Uh, we don't want to read too deep into the tea leaves here, but that could be a very sort of intentional thing. Like, no, we're investing in Destiny. The next title is going to be called Destiny, which that again could be why he said this has memorable roots. If you remember, the first game was called Destiny. No subtitle, no nothing. It was called Destiny. And the early Vidox and the early vision for the game was this is a game you're going to play for 10 years. And, you know, that is, uh, that's something that they may be returning to. Um, so I'd be, I would be glad and excited to see them not just revisit Destiny, but to revisit the idea that they initially conceived this game could be. Look, the vision that they cast back then made me a fan of the game before I ever threw a grenade, shot a gun, or launched a super, right? I was a fan of Destiny before that because I believed the vision that they cast. I was like, yes, I want a game like that. I love Borderlands. I love Diablo. And I would love a game that takes that further than just the initial launch or the one to two playthroughs that you can get from a game like like that, you know? And so I'm, I w- I'm excited that this type of language is being used. Big Spin 420, with Luke Smith not confirming or denying uh, if we found the chest in Vogue in D1, do you think there's one left? No, I think he was just being cute. There's nothing in there. It would be found by now. If there's anything in there, it wasn't findable. It was intentionally locked away and nobody could get to it, you know? Maybe just a dev secret, a trade secret. It, in, my, in, in, uh, in my estimation, there was never, there was never a, uh, an extra chest. It was just a cute thing the community came up with and they ran with it and teased people about it. Um, you really, really ruin the mystery if you're like, nah, there's not. Now, shut up. Why you guys, what do you mean an extra chest? No. What are you talking about? There's nothing. Be quiet. You almost shut down the mystery and the excitement if you just confirm that there isn't. So. Project White Light. If you if you think there won't be an expansion, how will there be a gap between two and the next game? Uh, oh, how will they fill the gap? That's the big question. That's the big question. Do they do another annual pass, or do they have transparency with the community and the public and say there's going to be a year to two years of nothing? Right? There'll be the dark days. There'll be you know, and thus the silence of the Lord began. Right? I mean, I th- we just don't know. I it's it could go one of two ways if they could establish enough bandwidth and support to build sustain and maintain annual pass content they could use that to get us all the way to the next game or they could say it's not worth it you know it isn't worth it so yeah silent i need your address dm me your address vicarious visions is going to be sending you something uh, the Master Flood. Do you think Destiny will get cross-platform play anytime in the future? Uh, cross-platform play, I think, could potentially become more standardized in the industry because of Fortnite and because of Epic and what they're doing. Uh, and because of that, I could see Bungie leaning into that. The only reason that that wouldn't happen is if Sony's still standing in the way. Uh, Phil Spencer made it sound like he's going to be working on Destiny with 
Bungie, which that could mean they're going to be working together about, you know, how it lands on the platform, exclusivity, exclusives, investment. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Again, it could be like a concerted effort to say, we think this would be a great game to showcase cross-platform play. Let's do it. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to know if, if that's going to become a standard in the industry. I think it's going to become a standard in the industry. That doesn't mean it's going to come to Destiny right now, and it certainly doesn't mean it's going to come to Destiny in the future. It makes it more likely, but nothing is guaranteed. It, all it takes is the right person at Sony, the right executive, to be like, nope, uh-uh, I don't like this. And then it gets it gets, it gets gets chopped down and doesn't happen. Majin Baird, do you think we'll see the annual pass extend to more of an optional premium monthly subscription like the Elder Scrolls Online has. I think that's the best way to do it, personally. Right? Look at the roadmap, okay? I want you to look at the roadmap, and you've got that top section that is, this is everything you get for free every season. It's just free stuff we're, we're, we're shoving out there. Then I want you to think about the bottom half being twice as full and having a monthly subscription attached to it. Okay? What would happen is a couple of things. I think the value would be clearly seen that you're getting mountains of stuff for what, you know, 10 bucks a month or something. The amount of free things people would be getting would probably go up too because the amount of people that were paying for the subscription fee, that would help subsidize the free stuff. Uh, so that would be, I think, a way they could do it. They've already kind of groomed us and trained us to think, okay, there's free stuff. I don't have to spend a dime. I can keep playing Destiny, and my experience will be expanding, although a limited way of expanding. It will be expanding, okay? Uh, And if I want to get the primo primo stuff, I got to spend more money, right? You'd quit playing if they did a monthly subscription. I don't think that that's true. I think if they pivoted this game to a better engine and dedicated servers and were giving huge, huge and regular substantive updates, I think you would pay a monthly subscription fee and you'd be happy to. I think we say a lot of, I think we, I think we posture strong and we get really like, no, without even knowing what it would look like. It's completely optional, by the way, in Elder Scrolls Online, right? It's completely optional. You don't have to pay the monthly fee. And plenty of people do it. So as long as you would be getting free stuff regularly, right? They just keep adding to the game, adding things for you to go do. But there would be this subscription fee on top of that. I, You would not stop playing. I think you would keep playing. You know? And when you say, I wouldn't pay any more money, I would quit. Well, cool. Go play free games. Go. Go play free games. Go play free games that microtransaction the crap out of you. Go play free games that make everything intentionally grindy so you're motivated to pay for shortcuts. Go play free games that literally give you no no aesthetic freedom in the game and they charge you for every every flare, every every piece of every piece of color on your on your person, right? If they did it right so that you felt like I never, ever, ever have to pay for this extra stuff and I can keep playing right along with everybody else, I think people would pay the subscription fee and people would not, but keep playing. I I think that you would, I think that it would work, right? Now, the reason I think they would never go to a monthly subscription fee is because of the reactions you saw in chat. 
people instantly. It doesn't matter. You could tell them that a person's going to come to their house every day, cook them a pizza, and give them a foot massage, and they're like, nope, I'm not paying a subscription fee. As soon as they see subscription fee, they stiff arm it. They're like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right? Destiny doesn't microtransaction us to death. If you look at the grand scheme of content in Destiny, the things we can get, the things we can earn, the items in the game, and you look at the you look at the the piddly offering of the Eververse and you think they microtransaction us to death, I don't know what game you're playing. There's almost no motivation for quote unquote microtransactions in Destiny. Not at all. None of it's needed, none of it's necessary. It's all it's it's just frou-frou stuff in the Eververse. It's not even important. Okay? I don't think they'd ever do a monthly subscription fee though because I think people just reject it out of hand it doesn't matter how much value they would get it doesn't matter how much it doesn't matter how much content they would get it doesn't they reject it they don't care you could tell them that every month they're going to get something the size of destiny one dropped in their lap right you're going to get all these planets missions, stories arrayed every month for 10 bucks and they'd be like nope stupid screw you Bungie I'm not paying a monthly subscription fee but but if there's an annual pass fee that goes up a little bit because you're getting way more, right? 50 bucks a year. Guess what people are doing? (laughs) Guess what people are doing? They're paying a subscription fee. They just don't call it that, right? The reason people don't like subscription fees is because it indicates if you want in here, if you want to play the game, you must pay a fee and they don't like that. But if it's an annual pass, they're like, oh, that's fine because I get content for it. It's a transaction. Once the transaction's over and done with, I can keep playing, right? So I, I don't think they'll ever go to a monthly subscription fee. I do think they'll start charging more for the annual pass and they'll be justified in doing that if they can give us a significant more amount of content you know um so if you want it to be free and you never want to pay another dime and you just want to keep getting content for forever for nothing then go play all the free games and then tell us how great they are because I don't think the free I don't think the free approach is working for almost any company and the few that are doing it you could make valid criticisms about how you don't like the microtransaction structure um so I'm supposed to ask a person about my travel for the trip and I need to figure out what I'm doing like where I'm staying hotel wise Jackorama do you think we will see cross save and other quality of life changes instead of getting big deliverables in September I have no idea. I have no idea. Cross-saving quality of life changes instead of a deliverable. You're pitting things against each other that I don't necessarily think need to be pitted against each other. They could do both. They could do both. Big time. So. How do you feel the Eververse will change considering the split? If anything, I think the Eververse will become bigger. Because they need revenue and it might be more direct. Oh, you want this emote? It's five bucks. Oh, you want this ornament? It's five bucks. So people just have a clear indication of like what it costs. I think the whole like buy silver, use silver to get dust, then you use the dust to get the items and then, but you don't know how much dust is worth because dust dropped randomly from your silver purchase. Like that whole thing, I, I don't think that that's I don't know I don't see their I don't know their internal revenue so I mean it could be working really really well me personally I don't see how it could possibly be working well 
it's confusing. When I go to the Eververse, I don't see anything motivating me to buy. I don't think I don't see any urgency. I don't see any call to action. I don't see any of the classic things that you see. Go go get a free mobile game that really pushes microtransactions and then compare it to what Bungie does. It's like there's like nothing calling you to buy. And it also isn't like straightforward. Usually it's like really straightforward. There was this Marvel game I used to play, Mar- Marvel Puzzle Quest. And it was super easy and apparent like how much packs cost, how much gold you could get to get the packs. Like it was right there, super easy to do. And I don't feel like the Eververse has ever functioned in that way. So I think it'll become more more expansive but it'll stay cosmetic and it'll be more easy to interact with and for you know direct purchase fett says would you rather have a small trickle of content and one large dlc once a year uh add like a planet or a, lo- or a location with small storyline attached or would you rather have dlc more akin to how house of wolves every four months or so with a new activity or a game mode that comes with it but no trickle content everything released day one personally i'm enjoying the trickle uh that they gave us with black armory here's what i don't think uh, here's what i think a lot of people miss when they're like i want everything now i want everything now don't make me wait okay I think they criticize trickle content from there are times and there are places where I think you can say this is stupid quit time gating this I do I think there are times where you can be just in saying that like Bungie why are you time gating this I think there are other times where people need to realize the reason the content is trickled out is not because Bungie is trying to like arbitrarily extend your playtime. It's because they're trying to have a rhythm and a cadence in line with the behavior of the player. Right? You can't make enough content for people that play six hours a day we'll go low end there are people like me i mean i'll play some days eight or nine hours we'll just sit here and grind all day you know what i mean you let's just round it down to five five hours a day it's almost impossible to make enough content for that person that will last them more than like a month's worth even with the time gating even with the this is here and then it's gone this is here and then it's gone sort of thing that happens from time to time even with that even with that, I don't think they are able to create enough content fast enough. So what do they say? Well, the players want to play daily. They want to play weekly. They want to play monthly. Let's give a cadence of content that's more in line with that expectation uh, and, and give them something so that each week there's a little something new, there's something new to chase, new experience to have. Now, obviously, as we said in the talk yesterday about Destiny 3, if they can go with a new engine in a bigger game world, then that drip feed lands with a whole lot more celebration because it doesn't feel quite as thin as some of the content might feel now to people. But like, if you're wanting to play daily and weekly, like really just stop for a second and strip away, strip away your, your anger, your frustration, or your, your, your demands. Just think with me for one second. If you're wanting to play daily and weekly and you want that to last, you know, for more than just like three weeks to a month, right? If that's something that you desire, then you desire drip feed content or, or you desire a really grindy MMO 
with a subscription fee. I don't think there's like an in-between where Bungie can create enough grind, enough content, enough enough places and experiences for you to have without some type of a subscription fee. The amount of developmental bandwidth needed to create that kind of stuff, like, it just isn't feasible or reasonable. So if that's what you want out of Destiny, that those are your those are basically your choices. If you don't want to have that linear experience where you're done and then you're like, well, what am I going to do next? And you want to kind of have a reason to boot up the game each day and each week, then you either you're asking for drip feed or you're asking for an MMO with a subscription fee. Like, that's it. There is no, I don't think there's an in-between. I don't think there's a game that's really offered an in-between. People that cite Warframe, there's plenty of people who criticize Warframe for how much can be bought and paid for to take shortcuts because it is so grindy and takes so long to get things done. Elder Scrolls Online gets cited, but again, Elder Scrolls Online does have basically a subscription fee. Now, it's completely optional, but they they jam that thing packed full of things that a lot of people in Destiny, if they tried to do something like that, a lot of people in Destiny would be like, no, I, I should be able to earn all those things. That's ridiculous that you guys are charging for them. Um... So I I don't honestly know if they're ever going to go back from trickle, right? Even if they go to a break and then a big deliverable, I still think trickle is the way forward for a game like Destiny. I don't know. It just seems to fit the, the cadence of the player's engagement. Man of Steel loved uh, uh, EP this morning, um, Excessive Profanity, and the talks every day I can make it. I did a podcast this morning with Excessive Profanity. Question. There's been a lot of hate for Destiny devs on forums such as Reddit and Twitter when they open up about plans about the future or ideas for fixes. How can we as a community encourage them to continue to be vocal in the face of that, especially as it pertains to the split and D3 in the future? It's a thin line that they walk. If the Bungie devs don't realize this yet, I really hope they do realize what I'm about to say. A passionate and a vocal and a a segment of the community, not the whole community, but if pieces of the community are angry and vocal and passionate, that is a feather in your cap. You can work with that, right? You can. You can work with that. That means you have an engaged player base. That means you have a player base that cares about the game. They're obviously coming to the forums and complaining about guns that are overpowered or pieces of armor that are overpowered because they are playing or because they play a lot. So the mistake would be, I think, to say, oh, I can't take this anymore. There's too much criticism. There's too much frustration. I'm out, right? Indifference and apathy is the death of a game. If people get apathetic and don't care, if they get indifferent and they don't care and they stop going to the forums to voice their complaints, that's when you have a problem. That's when you have a problem. You that you can't really work with that. How do you improve the game? How do you bring the game forward? How do you make the game better if that's what you're working with? Is a, is, a, is a community that doesn't say anything. You know, look at Battleborn, look at Lawbreakers. These are games where the community basically became non-existent and there's nothing there. There's no people talking, there's nobody on the forums, there's no videos being made. That's a dead game, right? I don't know where Xur is. Has anybody found Xur? Um, we could go and check him out in the middle of the talk. Typically, we actually uh, we actually do that. I'm not sure if anybody has, uh, has found Xur yet. Um... 
he is on io all right let's go check him out and then we'll go we'll go back and see uh ada in a moment because ada wasn't at her post the npcs in the tower weren't there uh so again i think devs need to know facing the community is fine the louder someone yells the more angry they get the more invested they probably are in the franchise kamikaze with the split do you believe a cross save feature will come sooner rather than later Uh, i know i would purchase the annual pass and forsaken on pc if i could bring stuff over from the console they would certainly sell uh they would certainly sell a lot of units right away if people could do that I, i i believe that they would the question is not uh will it happen sooner than later the question is was this was sony standing in the way because of activision right that's the question so if 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 Sony was standing in the way because of Sony, then that's going to continue to happen. If Sony was standing in the way because of because of uh because of Activision, then maybe it could go away. You see what I'm saying? So we've got an Orpheus rigs with special ammo finder and hand cannon dexterity. I feel like I already bought one of these. I feel like I bought one of these. Uh, I'm going to put the ask banner back up and just go check my dim very, very quickly to see. Because this is one of the reasons that Zer has value. Um, yeah, I already have one of these. So for those of you that maybe don't have a good role on your... Um, if you don't have a good role on your Orpheus rigs, uh, now would be a really, really good time, I think, to... Uh, to buy a pair because that's that's better that is better than the static roll that's better than static roll and then we have the hollow fire heart again with probably a better than the static roll and then the verity's brow i don't what does this thing even do energy weapon kills boost grenade recharge rate for you and nearby allies i don't even know why you would ever freaking wear that uh let's buy a faded ingram and see what we can get uh we got crown of tempest and it came with Heavy ammo finder and enhanced heavy lifting. Um, so that's uh, that's not bad. All right. N- next question. Hey, Shiz says the most interesting part of Luke's message to me is when he said we are thinking what it means to be truly independent. What do you think it means for a gaming suit to be truly independent? Well, there's a there's a lot attached to that, right? There's a lot attached to it you've got you've got the the nature of uh the nature of revenue stream you've got the nature of consistent revenue stream like upfront revenue isn't there anymore what about consistent revenue stream uh you have the absence of deadlines you have the absence of pressure from outside sources uh you also have the absence of the marketing budget i mean i don't know how much activision did for the marketing but that airplane hangar in california was pretty dadgum cool and that whole event was pretty expensive they flew a bunch of us out there put us up in hotels i mean it was pretty amazing right i mean a lot of that becomes now bungie's responsibility the revenue the planning the marketing the deadlines um all of it so i uh i don't i don't think we'll we'll ever get like a clear answer on this because a lot of this is internal but when he says you know what it means to be truly independent it's like we are truly independent we are we are the masters of our domain we are in charge of where uh where this game goes and i think that is something that they're going to 
just as they discovered and found their way with Destiny and the annual pass and everything else, I think they're going to find their way here too. What does it mean to be an independent developer? You know, how does it work? Uh, Gunna Pirate, in terms of <clears throat> current content in game, if you were faced with limited time to play, what would you be focusing on now? Forges, raids, thinking in terms of what content maximizes progression and fun. Well, if you grant me the premise that I would be max level, and I probably would, because I, you know, I, that was something I would have set my sights on and, 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 and gotten by now, even if I played less. Even if I played less, I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. I would be grinding for specific gun rolls. Um, I'll be going for, for certain gun rolls, just so I have them all. Uh, I don't know. That's just always been fun for me. Uh, Dritsis. Dritsis. Do you think because Activision and Bungie split, the new content will be better? Generic question that's been answered ten times over. I mean, yes. That's... I, I think we've all said that. Uh, King Boomstick. What do you think is safe to expect for D2 Year 3 content while we wait for D3? I, again, we've we've had this question a lot. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we should expect. Uh, there's a couple of options. There's nothing at all to give them the best the best bandwidth possible for the next game so we get we would get nothing there is another DLC in September and another annual pass because we are supposed to go back to the dreadnought or at least Saturn according to Luke Smith and the end game the end game scene right instead of doing a deliverable and the annual pass they could just do the annual pass right there's about 3 potential outcomes nothing the same pattern that we just got a big DLC and then an annual pass or just an annual pass. Those are probably our three options, I would think. You know, maybe there's a fourth option, an annual pass that sort of is the DLC that we were supposed to get, but spread out and chopped up, you know. Belden. Do you think Luke's title of franchise director is of particular importance? Yeah, we already addressed this. I think it is pretty important. I think it does mean that things are changing. The Masked Man 811. What are your expectations for Season of the Drifter? What kind of content do you think we will engage with outside of Gambit? <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that there's going to be some there's going to have to be some type of questing and some type of grind because they've, you know, they've indicated it's not going to be all Gambit. I if it's just all Gambit and then like a little bit of like an, an introductory questing and then it's just after that it's all Gambit, I that'll be that'll be a big mistake. That'll be a big mistake. The majority of the player base boots up and does, you know, pretty basic PvE activities, and that's why the forges are well designed. They're they're right in line with that, right? They are right in line with that daily, weekly, just real basic content uh, loop that people have come to like. And I I don't know if Gambit really fits that fits that bill. Um, I would just be concerned because I just I think a lot of people shrug at Gambit or get really frustrated with Gambit. You know what I mean? Dune Gunner, I understand there's a lot going on with the separation from Activision, but why do you think there has been no feedback about enhancement cores and removing them from Infusion? I don't know. In 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 my mind, the only reason I could think is that they feel like they have bigger fish to fry. Balancing Crucible, getting these supers right. Um, making updates and bugs fixes are maybe maybe that's just higher on their priority right now. I think I feel like Infusion needs fix before Season of the Drifter gets here, right? 
Because if they do another another power level bump with the next season, which they will to 700, and they've streamlined leveling with prime drop rates, bigger drops, etc., I think infusion needs to be addressed before we get there. So maybe that's why, maybe my prediction was, was, was ill-made. Maybe when I made my prediction that that was going to be one of the first things they talked about, um, talked about, Maybe I, was, I wasn't really thinking long-term. Like, do they really need to address it now? Maybe not. Maybe that's more of a concern for the next season. So maybe they're pivoting to other quality of life stuff now. I do think it needs addressed and will be at, at the very least before the next season. Because there's another power level bump coming. Cannab- Cannabinoided uh, says, since, Awoken are, since the Awoken are light or darkness, if Aldrin is the new Hunter Vanguard, is it possible we see light-dark subclasses? Uh, not in not in Destiny 2. Now that could lay groundwork for it, but we're not going to see that in Destiny 2. I have continued to say that the choice between light and dark is not something they will bring to the game. However, people pointing out that like Luke Smith is franchise director, he was a scarab lord in World of Warcraft. Well, I mean, maybe he brings that level of grind and that level of, you know, investment to Destiny that, you know, we've never really had before. Uh, that certainly is that certainly is possible because I I feel like it's out of left field. I feel like it's out of line with the with the identity of the game. I feel like they, they've they've put so much stock in us being warriors of light to suddenly have the option to not be a warrior of light or to have like this actual sort of debate within the lore that there is no actual good or evil. There's just like. You, you exist on a continuum and there it's everything everybody's doing is basically amoral since they're all motivated by you know survival or whatever I don't know like I I just feel like that would really undercut a lot of what we've worked on done a lot of the sacrifices made by characters and the like I, that I don't know that would be weird I just don't think it's gonna happen Keith I'm not gonna complain if it does happen by the way I'm not against it happening. Uh, Keith with the next question says do you think that D3 is now going to be a guaranteed hard reset for our character since Activision would still get a piece of the pie of everything up until now I mean I don't know I don't know how Activision has to do with what you're saying I don't think them getting a piece of the pie has anything to do with why they would reset us I think resetting us just becomes necessary because you don't want to inherit any of the baggage of the previous title, whether it's guns or perks that got too strong and, you know, they kind of got away from the devs or, you know, whether, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a weapon system or a weapon perk that they just don't want to deal with. There's just a lot that you bring with you. There's a lot of baggage that comes with the game. If they, if they bring everything forward, I don't know. I just think it's a nice clean cut to say everything's left behind. You know, you can't bring anything with you or you can bring stuff very limited with you and then that stuff's quickly replaced. You know. Uh, Alpha Divine. Do you feel Anthem will draw more players into this genre and increase the Destiny player base if those players try Destiny after being introduced to the genre? I don't know if, if, if there's going to be enough similarities between the games for that kind of a bridge to be built, right? That kind of thing can happen. I, will, I won't deny that. People can play a game like Anthem, get a taste for sci-fi loot pursuit, and then they start playing 
you know, then they start playing Destiny, and if Destiny is is significantly better and improved, then you know that's that's a win-win, right? That's a, that's a good that's a good victory for for the gamer. But I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have enough in common. When everything I've seen from everything I've seen about Anthem, it does feel like it's going to be quite a bit different. It, it is loot based, but it doesn't seem as gun based as Destiny. And I said this back. I said that back during the. Um, during the E3, I was like, it feels more abilities based, loot based is there, but it's not like your gun is your primary focus the way it is in Destiny lock and load Um, honestly his response was pretty vague and just reiterated what was said earlier by Bungie, thanking Activision and the respective studios that helped Forsaken, uh, PC and Warmind um, he also confirmed what was said about the annual pass moving forward. My question is, how soon do you think we'll see changes that are implemented due to the break? I don't think you're going to see anything significant until the annual pass is delivered upon. Or until we're close enough that it becomes clear they got to start telling us what's going to happen in September, right? People are going to be like, okay, what's happening in September, right? Are we getting a DLC? Like, are we, is, are we getting another annual pass? Like, I think it'd be, it'll become clear that the community wants answers about those things. Um, but I don't think we're going to see any, hear any changes or see any significant changes until uh, until after the annual pass is coming to a close. It's been it's been delivered upon. That's when I think you'll see them start to like open up and maybe say, "Here's our plan going forward." JD Gamer Fifty, do you think with the season of the Drifter? About a month and a half away, do you think we will get a comp mode and a Gambit Iron Banner but with a different vendor name? I don't know where you're pulling this from. I I don't know why you would get a Gambit Iron Banner. Um, are we going to get a comp mode? We're supposed to get a pinnacle version of, of Gambit. That's what we're supposed to get. A pinnacle version of Gambit. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, my hope has been that they shed... Uh, they they shed the the PvP in Gambit and focus more on just having like a really good back and forth almost chess match um, instead, and that's 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 been kind of my my ongoing hope for Gambit, and I know it's probably unlikely PvP is really interwoven, but that's been that's been something I've been continually saying. I think there's a lot they could do with the back and forth. It would be more fun, more entertaining, and not as frustrating. Uh, with Gambit, if they if they got rid of the PvP aspects of it, um, but I think it's hard. I think it's hard for Bungie to make those changes because it's so interwoven into the experience. Tom Cruise, do you think Bungie would have left Activision without some kind of backup plan for funding, or were they just tired of Activision? We don't know. I'm not going to speculate as to like were they fed up and threw their hands in the air. It was clear that the it was clear both from what they've said and what has happened that it just it, you know it wasn't working it, it it was not working the the relationship was was leading to things that everyone was somewhat and noticeably and unhappy about it was clear that I think it was clear they wish they could update the game faster they wish they could deliver more content they wish they could deliver better content I think all those things are easily seen and deduced. And the relationship with Activision made that difficult. Uh, not that it's Activision's fault. That again, that was just like the nature of the relationship and why it needed to end. Um, sometimes, even in life, like people just grow to be very different, and their relationship just starts to get strained and isn't enjoyable and is stressful, and they they break they break up, right? 
happens all the time. It's not because one is evil and the other is like the poor, poor person. Obviously that happens, but I don't think that was happening in this scenario, like at all. J Train just got here. The not everything was lost in the dark corners of time was about bringing more D1 content forward, right? It certainly felt that way. It certainly felt that way. Um, I don't think you make a vogue reference by accident. Like, oh, I was just feeling good about Destiny, and I mentioned vogue when mentioning, you know, what's going to be happening in the future and how. Not only do I mention Vogue, I mention Vogue in a way that indicates that content's not gone forever. Like, I don't know. It just seemed pretty... It seemed pretty clear to me that there was, uh... There was something in that. There was something... There was something to that statement. But again, I don't want to read... I'm not reading... I'm not trying to read too deep into it. Th- uh, T-Funk, thoughts on a burst LFG? Um... I don't know. I get behind it as long as it was really, really strong. You know, if I'm going to start shooting less or less often on a machine gun, it would need to be pretty strong or maybe better range or something tight burst on it. I don't know. That that would be that would be my thought. Alpha Divine, what would be a breaking point for Destiny for you, and what's the number one thing you'd want to see change in Destiny and especially increase your happiness? I don't know if there's a breaking point because as long as they're delivering a content loop and a place for me to hang out and talk with you guys and play, like I, I don't know if I have a breaking point, right? If Destiny, the next Destiny launches and it's just clear that they've fumbled, you know, ten more balls, I would still think we could we could have a go and talk about it and you know say why the game isn't good. I don't know. Content creation and commentary on games being good or bad is something that's become part and parcel to my experience as a gamer. So even even if Destiny 3, we'll just keep calling it Destiny 3, even if Destiny 3 is really, really bad, uh, which at this point, that, I think that would just be such a strange turn of events. Um, everything they've learned in Forsaken, all the black eyes and bumps they got along the way in Destiny 2 vanilla, and then dropping... Activision, I don't know that it would be really weird for them to not rise from these ashes Um, we thought that was going to be Destiny 2 but then just the history about the game's development came out and it became clear like they wanted to make the game better but again what's what's the main issue right, they, you know, time constraints so they build a minimum viable product and deliver it and that's what we got. Loki, do you think Epic will ever offer assistance um, to Bungie help transition to the Unreal Engine? I mean, I would think so if it, if it came down to Bungie saying, you know, we really want to use the Unreal Engine. Could, you know, could you guys assist us with the transition? I mean, I could see them doing that. You know, Unreal's got a vested interest in everybody using their engine as well as not just using it, but being successful at using it. You would never want to have a company try and build their game in your engine and have the headline be, you know, company struggles to port game to Unreal Engine. You know, even if the dust settles and everyone can see that it's not the engine's fault, um, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And they make money when a game's successful. So I don't know how much they would help, but I think if they did help, they'd have a vested interest in, in Destiny doing well. Um... Like a boss says, after the final piece of the annual pass content, do you think Bungie will make a Rise of Iron DLC or annual pass to help the content droughts? I think after it's all said and done, they need something, right? Now, 
if it's less than what we were hoping for or less than what we were expecting, then sure, I think that'll be something we can talk about and, you know, cross that bridge when we get there. But I do think there's got to be, there can't be nothing. I don't think there can be nothing. But I think it could definitely be structured completely differently than maybe we were initially, uh, maybe our initial conception of what, of how it was going to work, you know, and how it was going to play out. Maybe that, maybe that changes, you know, I don't know. Smoky Gaming says, do you think the Penumbra will take us back to the Leviathan to finally defeat Kallus, discover more secrets of the Leviathan or another raid centered around the Leviathan theme? I think Penumbra is the conclusion of Callus's story because I think Callus is playing an important role in the future. Going whether we go back to the Leviathan or not, I mean, I think it's clear we are in some respects going back to the Leviathan because um, there's Leviathan, you know, architecture pictured in the in in the in the picture, you know, season of the shadow, which which is what Penumbra is. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know whether we go back to the Leviathan or not. I think it's I think it's clear that 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 the Leviathan and Kalos are re-entering the picture. I also felt like it was clear at the conclusion of the raid in the story that Kalos wasn't done yet, not by a long like not, not by a long long stretch, long shot. I was like I couldn't remember the word. Not by a long shot. I don't think he's done. Uh, Leviathan, what are your thoughts on the beginning of the Black Armory and the power requirement? Bungie did say it would be endgame content, so it was wrong to make the requirement high. You think this will encompass their leveling going forward? Well, see, this is where I'm going to talk about uh, difficulty spectrum. I think they could make the Forges endgame and still make your first stint in, in the Forge doable at 600, right? It could be something that you run, roll low drop rate on everything, and then she has other bounties and things that you can access and get to once you once you get up to you know 625 and then 650. It could still be endgame content. You're still getting capital out of the content. The big challenge now is is that yeah, they lowered it, but it's still it's still kind of high. So what you end up doing is, is it's like you can't really get in there to the begin with, and then once you're 650, it's not high, so it's down low. And because it's down low in power level in comparison to you, you're just kind of like, I don't know. Now, I think there's a time and a place for that. There is something nice about just mindlessly grinding the way that I've been grinding, but there's also something nice about ratcheting up the difficulty and getting better drops, and I think that would have been a good solution. Leviathan said, Luke said Bungie is committed to destiny. Do you think that means they will get uh, a D4 or more? No idea. No idea. That's just him saying they're committed to the future of the franchise. You're reading way too much into it if you think we're getting a destiny 4. There's no reason to even talk about that. Uh, Death Starfish. Lono, I've been missing the involvement of factions in the game. Uh, have you heard anything about they'll return? If and when they'll return? No. No idea if they're coming back. Ace of Spades. Uh... With while I believe uh, no mention of enhancement cores being removed from infusion, should the casual oh with the not mentioning of the cores being removed, should the casual community be worried? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think they're always going to have inroads for you. I think they're always going to have stuff for you to do, but I do think that they're not making it a big priority right now. I think they probably have bigger fish to fry and bigger things they're worried about other than enhancement cores. I thought it was going to be a front burner issue, but apparently it's not. 
Studley, do you really want to play old D1 content again and for what price? I do, and I don't have a price in my mind. BWF Glow, do you trust Luke Smith after some of the other Bungie mishaps? Luke Smith was a part of Vogue. He was a part of the King's Fall Raid and Taken King. His quality and value were seen as a reason to put him in charge of Destiny 2. And obviously, internally, Bungie still has confidence in him if they're making him franchise director. So, clearly, I think we got it wrong. If we think Luke Smith is the problem, then, then Bungie doesn't, right? If they're making him franchise director... That, to me, is a pretty big statement about Bungie's sort of confidence and thoughts about his capabilities, right? If internally, we can imagine a scenario where he takes over Destiny 2 and makes horrendous decisions and does things that are bad for the franchise, right? Luke's like, oh, let's do static rolls and double primary, man. Let's make everything really easy to get. Let's casualify the game. If he said all those things... And Bungie kind of has like a record of him saying all these things. Don't you think that they would say, you are out of touch, you can't be in charge? Or, or, can you imagine another scenario where he gets his hands on the game and he's like, what the frick are you guys doing? Why did you make all these decisions? Why is the grind gone? People are not going to like this. The community proves him right, right? The community proves him right, and then the company says... This guy needs to be in charge. You know, he predicted, like, imagine Luke Smith being like what I've done at times where I'm like, this is how people are going to respond. And they're like, no, Lono, that's not going to happen. And then everybody does exactly what I said they were going to do, right? And everyone's like, Lono Stradamus strikes again. Lono making his predictions and there it comes true. I would imagine Luke Smith made similar predictions that rang true. And then everyone at Bungie was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. We need to listen to him. Player engagement, grind, daily engaged player numbers, daily engaged hours, all those things have been, you know, improved by content that's more focused on grind and, and hardcore players. We need to pit, we need to let this guy make the decisions, right? I don't I don't think you put somebody in charge. I don't think you put somebody in charge if they're the cause of D2's bad launch. That would be a really weird decision to make. You know? That'd be a really weird decision to make. Yes, I'm playing with a controller. It's a four-year-old game that I've been playing since the beta on console, so it's what I'm used to. Um, play how you like, I guess. If me playing with a controller is a problem for you, I'm, I'm sorry that you're that affected by my choice of interaction with a video game. Uh, Death Starfish, when do you think Bungie will release the next game? I think 2021 is more likely. I think it's the more likely launch date because breaking from Activision enables them to do that if they were still planning on launching 2020 i don't know why they would break with activision right just launch 2020 and make the game great the only reason to break with activision is because they need more time and they want to they want to take a break they want to stop and you know they want to stop and reassess rebuild or whatever and they're going to deliver 2021. They avoid the console launches when they do that. They can take more time and and then we end up with a better game. Uh, Chase says, with the update on January 30th and the buff to certain exotics, what exotics would you like to see get buffed? I mean, I, the, here's the problem with saying 
graviton lance sunshot or any of the other the, any any of the other guns that just seem really lackluster right the problem is is that there are exotics there are exotics that get the job done that a legendary can do okay so we're at the ceiling of efficiency whether you're using you know a build like i'm using now where i'm i'm you know obviously this this exotic is is doing work right risk runner because there's so much arc damage on the ground there's arc shields and the like i can kind of always have ammo i can kind of always um always be doing good damage but you're at the ceiling of efficiency with pretty much everything everything that you can use in the game Every, every decent legendary, every legendary with a decent role is at the ceiling of efficiency. So if they're suddenly, if I, if I come to you and I'm like, dude, you need to make Graviton Lance better. You need to make this gun better. You need that gun better. There's only, you can only kill enemies so fast. So if Graviton Lance is one-shotting everything, so the frick what? That doesn't really change my experience. It doesn't change it dramatically enough for me to justify using Graviton Lance and putting away other exotics, like, in this case, putting away Risk Runner. Or when I was enjoying Prometheus Lens. Or when maybe I was enjoying, you know, Thunderlord, or the 1K Voices, or the Whisper. These are exotics that have, like, a clear a clear, you know, influence and power in the game, and I'm not going to trade that for oh, well, we made this we made this exotic primary stronger. Okay, cool. How good is it now? Well, it's basically as good as all of the other uh, primary weapons in the game. You know, it kills things just as fast as everything else you've been using. Sweet, so why in the, why in the frick would I use it? That's why the breakneck, I think, is the key, right? The breakneck functions at the same efficiency as other legendaries, right? It gets the job done, but it's a legendary. So you can use it and have that freedom to use it because you're like, well, it feels cool. If the breakneck was an exotic, no one would freaking use it because you're like, well, sure, it feels cool, but I'm not killing ads any faster with it. We're, We're already, right? We're already at the ceiling, of efficiency you're saying for a change in gameplay right but again I, you can the, the breakneck is the perfect example if more weapons came into the game like breakneck where they function at the ceiling of efficiency and they're fun to use then you have the interchangeable puzzle pieces like you're saying to just kind of change up your gameplay right well it's hard to justify doing that when exotics limit your loadout well, I'm, at, I'm, I'm in this encounter where Whisper whisper makes a big difference. So what do I do? I don't use my heavy, so I have ammo, so I can use Whisper, right? Same is going to go for your other weapons and other encounters. You know, this encounter is really good with Sleeper or 1K or Thunderlord or whatever. So, 1,000 bits from Jchrist. Uh, I want to make the, the gun that you use in your opener... Oh, the gun that I use in my intro? That's supposed to be the Galahorn. Uh, Chasma, what is a, an S-tier exotic armor list for Warlock? I don't know what you mean. Serpentius says, not that Bungie, now that Bungie has split from Activision, um, how likely do you think we will see Destiny 3 launch in the Epic Store? We've gotten this question a lot. I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think Epic might be in talks with respect to the engine, but that could also go hand-in-hand hand with being in talks with the the launcher as well for crossplay. 
um, that could that could that could totally be uh, be going on. It could totally be something that is that is happening. And if it is happening, then we all benefit. But again, there, we don't have anything other than a couple of tweets and just speculation at this point. Um, S tier is God tier. The best exotics for Warlock or are uh, Phoenix Protocol, Geomag Stabilizers, uh, Luna Faction Boots, and Chromatic Fire. Everything else is 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 contextually powerful in like PvP, but those are all really strong in PvE. Uh, Soak in the wind. Do you think beefing up the slow role of dialogue, story, and lore that is happening in the Dreaming City could be the answer to satisfying players that only want big DLC content drops. I think it would buy Bungie more time to focus on quality. WTF Game Nation with 22 months, man. Thank you so much. So close to two years, dude. Welcome back. Love you guys. I I mean, if people are wanting if people are wanting big DLC content drops, I don't think they're going to be satisfied by like going to the Dreaming City and listening to Marasov talk. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Like, I don't... If they're like, dude, I want big DLC and story. This is stupid. Like, I want a campaign. I want to run around a new space. I want a new planet, right? If those are their desires, I have a hard time believing that that kind of a player is going into the Dreaming City, wandering into Marasov after doing Blind Well and being like, what a great cutscene. I can't wait for another 60-second cutscene two weeks from now. You know, one week from now. The fill 34. With constant increase in light level with each content drop, will it ever be too much? Especially when trying to get new buds to start playing. I mean, he addressed that, right? Luke Smith said they're thinking about catch-up mechanics. Giving your base level players, your more casual players, a sense of progression is important, but then you also have to create inroads for players to come in and start and start joining in, right? You need catch-up mechanics, which I'm sure they're thinking about. Mad Dabber, with the forges, what can we expect them to see added? Things like more weapons, armor, ETC? Well, the beauty of what they've done with Ada is they can replicate what she does into other into other NPCs. Other NPCs can have the, the specific weapon grind, the bounties, um, etc. And then what they've done with Ada, Ada's a great container for them to just dump stuff into. Like when they, all of a sudden we were back in the Infinite Forest doing the Haunted Forest, the Forges would be great for them just to suddenly be like, yep, there's new stuff, new stuff to drop, and it's going to trickle out one thing per week. I mean, they've got a container with Ada, but they also have a system with Ada that can be put elsewhere. They have two things in their favor. Jchrist, do you think we'll start seeing uh, LMGs drop in the wild? Uh, machine guns dropping in the wild would be in line with them saying we're investing in legendary heavy guns because rocket launchers and grenade launchers suck. Linear fusions are decent. And then we have like two legendary machine guns. So hopefully they'll become part of the game in a more pronounced way going forward as they try to make legendary heavy weapons more prominent and more usable. Sven Rage said, what do you think will be in place of the raid activity in the next season? Uh, I'm bummed we aren't getting another raid until summer. Surely they need to be doing more than adding new Gambit. They've made it clear they're not just adding Gambit, so we'll just have to wait and see what they're adding. Vicious Spell, taking another look at the annual pass roadmap, I noticed that below Season of the Drifter was a box that said new rank rewards. Is it going to be something going... Is it going to be something everyone is going to get despite uh, owning the pass or not? If it's on the bottom of the annual, if it's on the bottom of the roadmap, no, everyone is not getting it. The top part of the annual pass roadmap is for everyone, and the bottom is for just those who buy it. So when it says new rank rewards, 
I would think maybe you're going to get new rewards for ranking up Drifter, maybe? I don't know. Or maybe just new rewards for the NPCs as you rank up. That could be really cool, right? Because I've always said, ranking up an NPC should matter. It doesn't presently matter. The NPCs should have more loot and more pursuits in their, you know, in their inventories. And they presently don't. So, yeah. Manifold Colt. I only recently finished a Forsaken story and stumbled upon Bife's deep dive about Cade's message to Insulatus. Do you think this might be our next destination uh, or a new Megaforge, perhaps? No idea what you're talking about, so I can't commentate. Uh, Morgan Lee says, do you think we are likely to see an Age of Triumph in Destiny 2? I mean, we already had Solstice of Heroes, so yeah, I think we could see it. I think we could see a, a looking back. And a, and, a, and a memory and a, you know, items to chase and do, you know, as you're doing those things. I, I definitely think we could see that, yes. T. Michael 0308 as a newish player struggling to level, currently 575, it doesn't sound like you're struggling to level if you're a new player, you're close to 600 already. Um, I don't know how long you've been playing, but you're describing yourself as a newish player. What are the best activities to complete uh, for greater drops? Is it strictly activities in Dreaming City bounties or something else I'm missing? Every milestone is supposed to be dropping you bigger drops. So you should be doing basically every single milestone. Um, Apparently Solstice of of Heroes is on the itinerary. I didn't know that. There you go. Yeah, I would just do all your milestones. You don't just have to do the Dreaming City. All milestones are supposed to be giving you bigger drops. Uh, Vicious Spell says, Is the Walker boss in Bergusia not meant to drop Radiant Seeds? I don't know why that's happening. I don't think the Walkers have ever been treated as bosses. Just giving him more health doesn't make him a boss. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's ever had that classification. Um... Next question, Funky Dirty Bird. Do you think Luke was referring to the old narrative that was originally in place for the franchise when he said not everything has been lost to the dark corners of time? That's interesting. What an insight. Think about it. There's that scene. There's that scene that we know got cutted and gutted where Aldrin has us at gunpoint and he he mentions being a crow. What if a lot of that stuff gets pulled back in? What if those things are no longer lost at the corners of time? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That could be something that they pull back in. That's a that is a uh, that is a good observation. Uh, Uncanny Games says, if you're thinking 2021, do you think that's too long in terms of franchise sustainability? Well, the question would be, do they want franchise sustainability or is this a restarting of what they've always wanted to do? All the lessons they've learned, Destiny 1 and 2, all the DLCs, all the patches, all the deliverables, excuse me, all the frustrations with Activision and timetables, the frustrations of the Tiger engine and the frustrations of, you know, what they're what they're able to deliver in the excellence. What if they're like, no, we're not sustaining the franchise. We're rebooting the franchise, right? I don't know what their mentality is. Like that could be their mentality. Is you know what? It's going to be really painful, but we we need we need the time. We need to start over, you know. And th- that that break that year or two years or whatever where we're not sending anything out, we're not shipping any content out, is going to be hard, but. I don't know. I 
And as somebody in chat saying, maybe they're going to roll them out on the new consoles 2020 since Phil and Sony jumped on it. Maybe, maybe again, I know new consoles really like to talk about their first party titles when they launch. Halo Infinite would be the big banner title probably for the new Xbox. Whatever Sony's big title would be at the time. Maybe another Uncharted. Maybe, probably Horizon Zero Dawn sequel will be the big banner title for the next PlayStation. I mean, that that that's typically the route they take with new consoles is they really want to promote their titles so i don't know it that's dangerous though i mean every path is dangerous and fraught with peril they could do it again launch too early not be under umbrellas not be, not be under activision's thumb or deadlines i don't mean to paint activision in a bad light i think activision was doing their job but like if they're not underneath activision deadlines and they still deliver a lackluster title that could be very damaging more damaging than d2 was d2 really hurt the franchise it really hurt the franchise that's fraught with peril too launching too early launching when you're not ready that's just as dangerous you know new dad a boy yeah god of war i don't know maybe uh ready player one what do you expect from bungie this e3 that's the big question mark will bungie even go to e3 what would be the point in going to e3 to promote to promote Penumbra, I that I don't know. Not having a presence at E3 could be could be a very very intentional sort of head nod to we'll see you guys when we have something to talk about, or it could be we're here to talk about the Taken Queen, right? I still I still think I still think Taken Queen is coming in September. There's still a part of me that thinks that that has to be a DLC that's planned. Going back to the Dreadnought, Savathun, all that. There's too much pointing to that being a potential, you know, a potential piece of content. So I don't know. Arctic Spartan, I'm asking you uh, this as you answer the question on story and lore. Do you think uh, using the Dreaming City system that we know now was the uh, where it's optional and you aren't forced to play it, but instead just a conversation we get in a story mission that progresses the story uh, they're telling for that that oh that's supposed to be like our DLC. I, I yeah I don't know I mean I if if I think they're I think they're doing what they can right now so I think the Marasov like Dreaming City stuff was just a smart play they were like this is an interesting character this is an interesting storyline let's drag this out and trickle out the mystery of it and then tie a nice bow with it here and they put something on the calendar right I, yeah I don't it's just one of those things I don't know what their goal is i can't even really speculate if that's if that's supposed to be replacing all all the story that people were so accustomed to getting uh with dlc you know i just i don't know what their intentions are with that bwf glow are you excited for bungie buffing ammo economy on trace rifles i couldn't believe that when i read it honestly they're not necessarily buffing it they're taking they're raising the minimum amount you get which i think in pve was already pretty consistently high so i don't know how much higher it's going to get we were getting 180s to 190s from a brick like that's like two mags i i think i don't think we're gonna see this giant this giant influx of uh of oh wow look how much more we're getting from trace rifles they did say they were going to give trace rifles some damage treatment though so i'm interested to see what they do there i already felt like they were pretty strong i don't know 
Uh, Volfor, is it realistic to hope that activities like Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, and Forge will be refreshed so that the content doesn't just become depreciated? I mean, you could have just put your finger on how they're going to drip feed us content beyond September, right? What if that's what they do? What if that's the remainder of the life of D3, of D2, is they just cycle through existing containers and rotate the loot? Haunted Forest, Blind Well, Escalation Protocol, all four forges, uh, the Nightfalls, um, who knows what other acti- There's activities right now on the horizon in Drifter, uh, in Drifter's DLC, in Penumbra, those could be containers that get recycled nine months later. I, you just don't know. If they build all these containers and they're rotated far enough away from each other and the loot's cool, it could work. Right? Ginger Ninja was six months. Thank you so much, dude. That's a blue. That's a purple badge. Welcome back. It could work. Think of how many containers they're about to have in the game after September. Right? after September, new raids? No, no, that's the thing. I don't think we're going to get any of your new raids for a while because they take so much time to create and it's such a small portion of the community that engages with it. I don't think raids are going to be a high priority priority between now and the next big, big game. Like, we'll just say Destiny 3, right? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I, I think there's going to be a huge, huge shift away uh, from from raids just because of the, the the time it takes to build them you know um it's just it, it is a it is a, is a huge endeavor and that the, there's there there's so many there's so many people that just don't ever touch them i know they're focusing on the hardcores but again i i just i if i'm looking at how can we give as much as we possibly can to the community at large while they wait for the next destiny i don't think raids are a part of that picture Raids work as great marketing tools, but I don't think they work for weekly engagement. Uh, are, unless they change the nature of how they work, right? M- maybe they add matchmaking. Maybe they re- let us run more than three per week. That could help. But currently, I don't think people are raiding like they used to. And that's just because the draw just isn't there. The loot's good, but not great. And you can only try three times a week. So... RJII7, I don't know if you mentioned it already uh, with quality of life changes coming to the Forge, such as missing frames, etc. Why do you think they left out launching Forges from orbit and returning to Ada to complete the frame? I think those are bigger problems. The quality of life changes like frames disappearing, that's a glitch, that's a bug, that's unintended, that gets fixed first, that has higher priority. You having to come to Ada, you not being able to match make from orbit, that's not a bug. That's not a, that's not, that's not something that they're like, oops, sorry, that's not how that's supposed to work. Sorry, that's quote unquote game breaking, right? So that doesn't have the same priority. So I, it's a bummer because going to Ada is a huge pain in the butt for console players because of load times and not being able to match make from orbit. I just, I, I still to this day, it baffles me that they, I go to the spot, hit the button, and then it takes me back to orbit. Test out what I'm about to describe. Go into a forge, click the matchmaking thing. Once you get to the black screen where it's matching you, cancel. Cancel it. And then you're in orbit. What? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I don't know how that is how it got implemented. It just is bizarre. Why are you taking me back to orbit? It doesn't make any sense at all. We matchmake for Trials, we matchmake for Haunted Forest, we matchmake for Gambit, we matchmake for PvP, we matchmake for Strikes and Story Missions, all from Orbit. 
I don't get it. I don't know what's going on and why they did it that way. Extremely Dark Taco. Lono, we've talked a bunch about D3 launching maybe 2020 to 2021. Do you seriously think they they would launch D3 on these current consoles and just leave uh, and just leave them behind a year later? Uh, I don't know any game that has done that. Uh, it's been seven to eight years. Why not just launch without them? There, I don't think you really have a firm grasp on the size of the player base on PlayStation 4. I don't think you have a grasp on the saturation of the PlayStation 4 and how difficult it is to turn the rudder of console saturation. It is really, really difficult. So, if they launched 2020 on the new consoles and not on the old consoles, they are literally throwing money away and leaving money on the table. If they can build the game in an engine that is agile and adaptable like the Unreal Engine, Fortnite runs in 60 FPS on Xbox One and PS4. They optimize it for that. Fortnite can also run at like 144 to 250 FPS, you know, like on on PC. Why? The engine allows for that adaptability. The idea in your mind is right. It is true. You are not wrong that these consoles hold the game back, but they don't hold the game back if you build it in an agile, adaptable engine. What you're thinking is only true if they stay in this engine. And even then, that I don't know, can this engine even really take advantage of the new console's power? You know? They they almost have to launch on both systems. It's undeniable. And then what you do is I think a year later you say, here's a giant DLC, here's a big expansion. You can't get it on the old consoles. They can only do that when they look at their internal data and say, enough people have pivoted, right? It makes sense. So many people bought Battlefield 4 for PS3 and Xbox despite it not being well made. I mean, look how long it take them. It took them to leave behind the Xbox 360 and the PS3, and they only did it when they could say a lot of people are not... Almost nobody's playing on those old consoles anymore. They wanted to respect the player base, but they also have to make money. You can't just turn your back on millions of players just because you're like, well, it's time to upgrade. Buy a new console, sucker. Like, you, like that's just... <laughs> There's a big difference between somebody shelling out 60 bucks for Destiny 3 that we're, you know, we're calling that as a placeholder. There's a big difference between somebody shelling out that and shelling out 400 bucks for a new console plus controllers plus games. You know, that's just, yeah. Creeper Nation says, will the queen reveal her master plan? This question is silly. How would I know that? High Noon, was there anything that stood out to you in Luke Smith's message? Yeah, saying that not all things have been lost in the dark corners of time is making us look back to D1 and indicating that those things are probably not lost. They're coming back at some some point, right? Evil Clown, do you think the last word is going to be long or short quest when it comes on the 29th? Also, do you think class nerfs and buffs on the 29th will even PvP out? I don't play PvP enough to know if that's going to have an effect. Hopefully it does. They're listening to the community, and they're executing on feedback. They've done that in PvE, and it's worked. They've made good changes to PvE based on our feedback. I hope the same is true for PvP. With respect to the last word quest, I have zero clue how long it's going to be. Thunderlord's one of the strongest exotics in the game, and it was a freaking checkbox. Like, it was a joke. Right, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, the, the quest to get Sleeper and the Izanagi's Burden were huge, and then that, and then Thunderlord was nothing. You know, 
CL Mitchell, could they use the infinite forest to travel through time to experience D1 raids? Yeah, I've said that they could do that, and I've even said that they could maybe re- re- like reimagine them. A dark future Vog, a an ancient past Kingsfall where it's a simulation to study what could possibly happen if these enemies come back, and then the and then the weapons, the the, the enemies would all look reminiscent, but they'd be different. The Fatebringer would be a little bit different and so on. Then they'd be justified in giving those weapons and armor the year two treatment, random rolls, mod slots etc gale if building raids from the ground up might take too long would porting in and updated old raids possibly upgraded mechanics be a way to give the hardcore players that type of end game content yeah i just touched on that i think they could do that but again the destiny community podcast dcp indicated it's really really difficult to bring d1 content into d2 and that's a pretty trustable source Holtzman, Patrick, worked at Bungie for a, for a, he had a, he had a stint, right? Like a six month contract or something. We have it on good authority then, a trustworthy source that that's tough to do. That doesn't mean they won't do it. It just means it's tough to do. Uh, deck. When you speak of the Unreal, you always go to Fortnite being 50, 60 FPS on console and reward the entrance of this. You don't think the art style, art style plays a role? There are plenty of Unreal games that don't run on 60 FPS on console. We can assume Fortnite does, uh, we, we can't assume that if Fortnite does, Destiny would. I'm merely using that as a reference point that you can scale the game down. It's adaptable to the, to the lower consoles. I'm not guaranteeing. Maybe I wasn't clear on this. I'm not guaranteeing you're going to get 60 FPS in Destiny. I'm trying to give you a picture of what it looks like to use an engine that can scale down and maintain quality even though you're going to weaker systems. So, if Destiny 3 is built in Unreal, it could scale down to these quote-unquote old consoles and still maintain good fidelity, good graphics, good FPS, okay? Titanfall 2 maintained 60 FPS, right? And a lot of that had to do with the areas were somewhat small. You know, it wasn't a multiplayer game. And when you go into multiplayer, I think they, they dumbed down some of the graphics. So I'm not, I, I might not have been clear, and I'm sorry about that. I'm not trying to say we're definitely getting 60 FPS out of Destiny 3 if they go with Unreal. I'm just trying to give an example. Here's an example of a game in Unreal where they're able to optimize and tweak the game so that it runs really well on these old consoles and then that doesn't hold the game back, right? Fortnite's not held back because it can run on your phone and your Xbox. They do all sorts of things with Fortnite to make it look good and pretty on a PC. You turn everything up, everything, it looks a pretty game. Just because the, and here's something to consider, just because the graphics are cartoony doesn't mean that that game can't break your PC and make it smoke. Watch me play Fortnite and throw the world at my really strong rig. You can't do that if your PC is really weak. There's a lot that goes into graphics and graphical demand that has nothing to do with it being quote-unquote cartoony. The textures, the lighting, the shadows, the size of the rendering areas, the size of how far you can see, all of that... That is, the, oh, the foliage doesn't look real and the trees don't look real. That's just loading a different texture and a different image, right? Now, sure, if it's more intricate, if the leaves and the trees and the bushes are more intricate, there's more pixels to be generated. So that point is well made. It, it is it is a little bit easier, I think, to make cartoony look nice because there's less, there's less moving parts a lot of the times to the, to the environments, right? But 
I think that's a good example that you can have a game launch on both and it's not held back because the engine's agile and adaptable. What are your thoughts on Bungie allowing us to change the look of our gear to whatever we like but keep the perk on them? Okay, so making Synthos steps looks like lion ramps. They're never going to do this. They're never going to do this. This is called transmog and they're not going to do this. That grates against the identity of Destiny. My gear looks like its history, its lore, its origin, okay? Now, if you want to infuse a perk, that's different. I got these gloves from the raid, Gunsmith's Devotions glove, right? They look like the raid. They smell like the raid. They talk like the raid. And I could maybe infuse perks into them. It would be incredibly weird to see me running around with, 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 with a chess piece and it looks like this I make it look like chromatic fire and people are like wow where'd you get that well it's actually the phoenix protocol but I've infused it to look like chromatic fire and this and that and blah 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 I don't think I don't think I don't think transmog fits this game it's it's I can give you transmog I can give you what you want by working within the identity of the game infusing perks would give you what you want you get the perk you want you infuse it into the gloves that you think are pretty right so Wraith Resurgent do you really think bringing back D1 content is good for D2 D1 still exists Vogue is still there I can't imagine just bringing them back without changing them dramatically Loot Pursuit my friend if Loot Pursuit is tied to fun content loop people will play it Age of Triumph proves you wrong right Vogue and and Crota and Kingsfall they were all there right they were all there. If you're having audio desync, it's not on my end. It's on Twitch's end. You have to refresh. 1,300 people are not watching me with audio desync. They would say something. Just refresh. I don't know why it's happening. I watch clips and highlights, and my audio feels off, and then I'll watch it again later on a different browser or a different source, and everything looks fine. I don't know what the frick they're doing. Um, so... Age of Triumph stands as a really strong proof that people lean into nostalgic content loops if there's stuff to chase. Those exotic weapons, those ornaments, oh man, people loved it. I I think people would embrace it and they'd think it's awesome. You'd also be able to play it on PC with the bigger FOV and the higher frame rate and the newer graphics, and that'd be freaking sweet. I would love to play Wrath with the FOV and frame rate that we have. Just playing Siege Engine and zipping around Axis Room, I would absolutely love that. It'd be so, so fun. Going into the large-scale environments in the Taken, in the King's Fall raid, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I am going to keep streaming. I'm not shutting down, but I'm going to do an outro for the podcast. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Everybody can come in right now. Look up say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Come and hang out. Submit questions just like all these wonderful people did. As If you're here again live in the chat, I'm not shutting down. But if you're listening to this or watching any other places, I appreciate you doing that. Please like, share, and subscribe.